0: This is episode 685 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On today's episode, an interview with Sean Clay, author of When Prudence Meets Preparedness. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is usually an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website. But from time to time, I interview members of the preparedness community who can bring a ton of value and information to your preparedness. Links for this podcast can be found in the show notes or on theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. Hey, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper website, so you know you can trust it. Other benefits include members-only videos, periodic webinars, and online meetups. This is a great value for $20 a year. So for more information, visit PrepperWebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Well, everyone, I'm excited to bring you this interview with Sean Clay. Sean is a friend of mine. We've known each other in the preparedness community for a while, and he is an author, provides a lot of great information, a lot of knowledge, and so we get to hear a little bit about that in this episode, um, he's uh, like I said, he's an author. He's written uh, numerous books, but we're going to be talking about his uh, most recent book, "When Prudence Meets Preparedness." A lot of great information in here. Uh, I'm going to tell you, it's not a very long book, but a lot of great information. And just in this interview, there was things about saving money that uh, and, and finding resources in. Uh, for preparedness that I didn't even know about. So I really learned a lot just being able to talk a little bit with Sean. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this interview with Sean Clay of When Prudence Meets Preparedness. Hey, Sean, welcome to the Prepper website podcast. Hey, Todd, happy to be here. Hey, Sean, so I've known you for a little bit in the, in the preparedness community, but uh, tell the audience a little bit about
1: yourself and how you got started into preparedness. Okay, uh, my background is I, I grew up kind of in a rural area, definitely preferred spending time outdoors uh, rather than being cooped up inside, so just uh, like a lot of people, just developed that natural love of the outdoors and uh, just felt a whole lot more comfort being in it. I grew up Southern Baptist, so naturally I was in the uh, their version of the Boy Scouts, which was the Royal Ambassadors, and um, basically it taught all the basic tenets of uh, the be prepared mindset that the Boy Scouts adhere to, uh, so we concentrated on things like uh, uh, wilderness first aid, camping, knot tying, uh, gun safety, knife safety, just all the things that... Uh, that kind of formed the uh, the proper foundation for being a prepper. And like I said, I always enjoyed camping, fishing, hunting, hiking, just uh just that outdoor mentality just kind of uh kind of appealed to me and always wanted to make sure that when I was out and about that uh should something happen, I wouldn't be caught unprepared. So even as a kid, I can remember making sure that I had a pocket knife with me or a box of matches or You know, I was wearing appropriate clothing if I had to spend the night outdoors and uh, letting my parents know I was going to be out in the woods for a while. But no, I've just always been drawn to the whole be prepared mindset. It just, uh, for my mentality, it just clicks. That sounds good. I think a lot of
0: people are coming from that place, right? Especially nowadays with uh, how crazy things are. Um, Even if you're not, even if you didn't grow up with that preparedness mindset, I think a lot of people are starting to get it, and uh, I I think you know your work and some of the things that you've been doing really speak to that. Now, I, I wanted to have you on for a while. Uh, you're an author. You've uh, written several books, and we can talk about many different things, and and we can definitely do that in this in this episode. But I really wanted to kind of highlight your most recent book, When Prudence Meets Preparedness. And that's given us a good reason to talk here and in this episode. So, with all the craziness in the world, more people are coming to preparedness. Uh, I know I have a lot of new preppers listening, and and well, maybe they don't consider themselves preppers, but they consider themselves uh, awake to the situation that we're in in this world. Uh, Let me ask you this question: Is it too late to
1: really get prepared? Absolutely not. There's, uh, you know, the best time to start is now if you haven't already. It's not something that you have to make a plan for, that you have to get all your ducks in a row. It's as simple as looking around your house today and thinking, if I had to stay in my home and not leave for a week, could I do it? And would I have enough water? Would I have enough food? You know, we live in a a just-in-time model in our retail stores and our big box stores. So you're looking at best at a 72 hour supply chain. If that gets interrupted in any way, then that just has a trickle down effect. And uh, we saw that whether it was toilet paper or bottled water, you know, look at uh, areas of the country that experience hurricanes. There's always the same panic by in the, you know, 24 to 48 hours leading up to the event. So, you know, it's, we know that there's going to be disruptions in life, be it natural disaster, be it societal unrest. It's a, you know, life is uncertain. So taking a mindset to, to be prepared for that is not a, uh, it's not an extremist view as as some people may want to categorize it. But, you know, if you think about it, our grandparents and great grandparents were, were preppers. They just didn't call it that. It was just day to day life for them. You put up for a rainy day. So the concept is definitely not new. We just tend to, uh, sometimes those in our community tend to be marginalized as, you know, conspiracy theorists and paranoid nuts and everything else. And when in reality, we're simply mirroring what generations before us have done.
0: Very true. And I like what you said about you know, take a look around your house. Could you, could you survive with the water that you have? Could you survive? How long could you survive with the food in your pantry? I've done that before with, uh, with friends and just to ask them that question. And I you know, it's very surprising. Some could tell you, Hey, I, I have, I can live with, you know, what I have in my pantry for a month and, and they wouldn't ever consider themselves preppers. They're just, you know, they have food in their pantry and others are like, no, I, I, I would last a day you know, or I would, I would last one meal. And so uh, I think that's a good exercise for anyone to do. Even those of us who have been prepping for a while to be able to just sit back and say, uh, okay, how long could I really go? Because I think sometimes when you've been in this lifestyle for a little bit, you tend to think you're better off than most other people are. So uh, I think that's a good exercise. Right. Exactly. So if someone wants to get prepared today, in, in your opinion, where do they start? Uh, you know, after this exercise that we talked about,
1: where, where do they start? What would you recommend to someone who's trying to get prepared? I would say, look at you. Everybody's different. You know, that, that's kind of the, the caveat to prepping. My needs are going to be different than your needs, and, but we all have the same basic needs. We all need water, we all need food, and we all need shelter. And in some cases, depending on the nature of the event that is causing us to to go into a preparedness mindset, we also need the ability to defend those. And then you put on top of that prescription medications, physical limitations, things like that. Number one, we're not all built to survive out in the wild. And if you don't believe me, just grab your bug out bag for a weekend and head out and see how you do. It's, It's a wonderful test of your skills. And number two, our home is our base of resources. I can have all the goods in my home to last six months. I can't carry that on my back. So the whole concept of, of running off and living off the land, unless you're Jeremiah Johnson's direct descendant, you're probably not going to make it long. And again, people that have prescription medications, physical limitations, they're not going to be able to to run off and do this uh, live in the woods Fantasy that we tend to have. So, the very basics food, water, shelter, a way to defend it, and medication. If we start right there, act on it and begin to accumulate the things that it will take to get your family through an event. And don't uh, necessarily just go raid the dollar store for everything they have. When it comes to food and drinks and water and everything else, make sure it's stuff that your family already eats. There's no sense in buying, you know, 20 cases of spam if your kids won't touch it. So, you know, it's a, it's real easy to go overboard when you first get into prepping because you want to get caught up. There's this almost a panicky feeling of I'm behind the eight ball. I've, I've waited too long and then we overdo it. So start slow, be methodical and truly just make a plan and, and go through it. And there's, I know I'm available on Facebook. I know you are as well to reach out to. I'm more than happy to kind of lay out a plan and provide some resources. So there are those in the prepping community that are more than happy to show a beginner how to get started in this lifestyle. And so it's a slow and steady approach. And you're not going out and buying 10 cases of spam and sitting in a closet. And if something actually happens, your kids take one look at it and go, I'm not eating that. So. It's a, it's an approach that's slow and steady really doesn't take up too much more room. We can all clean out our pantries and probably double our capacity. If we get most of the junk out of it, I know I've had to in my own home and then maybe find a, uh, a closet that's just used for junk storage, clean that out, begin putting other supplies back. Maybe your bottled water, maybe your extra over the counter medications, um, Most prescription plans have a uh, 90-day or 180-day supply option, which sometimes, in fact, is cheaper. If you're on maintenance medications, look into that, and then that way you're not dependent on a very fragile supply chain. Like I said, we've got a 72-hour just-in-time supply chain for most retail stores, including pharmacies. So taking advantage of sometimes this mail-order Uh, medications that's going to have you a whole lot better prepared than if an event kicks off and you're on your last day of maintenance medication so the whole purpose of prepping is to ease the burden and the anxiety and the fear when an event happens be it a natural disaster be it societal unrest so taking a a measured steady approach to it is definitely the best way to go you don't want to panic starting prepping. The whole concept of prepping is to mitigate panic and fear. So you don't want to jump into it with this panicked feeling, like you're already behind the curve and you have to catch up. It's a slow and steady approach, and it becomes a lifestyle. It's just like if you start exercising, you don't go run a 10k your first day. You you start training to get up to that level. It's the very same concept in prepping. You don't you don't get there overnight. And most seasoned preppers can tell you it's a journey. It's definitely not a destination. So anybody that's looking to start, like I said, cover your basics. We can debate all the other cool stuff, all the weapons and all the off-grid homesteading, all that kind of stuff. That can come later. Be in a position where you can take care of your family. If the supply chains got cut tonight, how long could you make it? Base your plans on that and move forward.
0: Good stuff. Uh, I I really appreciate you saying that because I know a lot of people do come to preparedness because of fear. I I know that that kind of, um, I didn't come to preparedness because of fear, but it really quickly set in because you start paying attention to what's going on. And it's very easy to, to, to think you are behind the curve, you know, like, Hey, something is coming and, um, you know, you're not ready for it. So I appreciate you saying that. And I hope that that helps a lot of people that are listening out there. um, Because there is there is always time Um, you want to start now. I mean, the the best time to have started was, you know, maybe five years ago, uh, maybe 10 years ago, but uh, definitely start now and start with a plan. So I love that. That's the way that I always uh, recommend uh, to other people. You got to start with a plan. So Right now, we're in this state where the economy is kind of—it's really—it's kind of sideways. I mean, some people are are doing decent, other people are struggling. We know that you know the lockdowns um, are different in in a lot of other places. You know, here in Texas, they've kind of opened up. At least the governor has said, you know, we're we're going to open up, but there's still a lot of people wearing masks and a lot of businesses wearing masks. Other states are, are locked down. We hear about lockdowns in Europe and, and all the things that are going on. And so all of that affects the economy. So with the economy the way it is and people out of work and maybe that they're not making what they're used to, maybe they're just surviving on part-time work or whatever, what are some ways that new preppers can prep on a budget?
1: Well, and it's a good thing you brought that up. We, we are in a situation where people are looking at squeezing the most out of every paycheck or unemployment benefits you know there's a lot of people hurting out there there's there's no doubt about that but that certainly doesn't mean that uh putting preparedness needs to go on hold um a couple of examples i like to rely to in this in my latest book i depend a whole lot on the website shopgoodwill.com think uh think eBay for Goodwill stores. That That's basically what it is. It's an auction format and it covers Goodwills in all 50 states. And I know a lot of you probably think that all the best stuff that goes and gets donated to Goodwill never shows up in the stores. That's absolutely right. It goes on this auction site and I cannot tell you how much prepping gear and just, uh, goods in general that I have bought, uh, off of this some of them brand new with tags still on it a good example is my everyday bag that i carry is a north face bag and retail this thing probably would have been about a hundred dollars i got it through shop goodwill for nine dollars plus shipping and it it was in slightly used condition but i cleaned it up it looks brand new and so Instead of going to maybe a big box store and buying a a $10 backpack in sporting goods that the zippers are going to break after one week of use, I've got a bag that's going to last me 20 years. Another website that I'm really, really fond of is called BrickSeek.com. And that website covers uh, markdowns at some of your bigger chain stores like Walmart, uh, Target, Lowe's, Macy's. Um, Office Depot, a lot of your chain stores, and I know I've personally used it for checking my local Walmart's to see uh, markdowns in areas like food and health and beauty aids and first aid. I've stocked up on name brand shampoos and first aid equipment and food and everything for literally pennies on the dollar. It's almost it it, it feels like you've struck gold when you see some of these bargains. So. Um, as a matter of fact, I've stocked up on canned goods of name brand green beans and corn and everything else for a nickel a can. And it wasn't expired. It's just, they might've changed the labeling on it. So they cleared out all the old stock. So I go raid the shelf and put that back into my supplies. So there are, there are ways out there to save a lot of money. And those are not the only two websites. I go into more detail in my book and I give, uh, Some examples in the resource guide in the back of where you can go to get started. You know, you've got Facebook Marketplace, you've got garage and estate sales. If you enjoy that kind of thing, those can be a wealth of resources for uh, very little money in some situations. So, it's not necessarily that you got to go out and raid your 401k to get prepped. It's look around and see what's available to you. you. You know, the there's the the thrift store side. There's the uh, markdowns at chain stores. There, There's so many options out there now that anybody with a smartphone or a computer can definitely find some resources that are beneficial for prepping on a true budget.
0: Wow. So I don't know how I've ever missed these. So I'm, I'm so glad that you shared these two websites with us, the so shopgoodwill.com. I didn't even realize that existed. So uh, that's, that's a great find. So when you when you connect there, the shipping is it like a one size fits all shipping, or is it dependent on the uh, the the weight of whatever you're buying? What's it like?
1: Every store is uh, is different. Um, some folks charge a set shipping. Some are a penny shipping. Um, it just depends on the item. I buy. I run a small store on Etsy that deals in vintage pocket knives, so a lot of my shipments are less than two pounds and it averages anywhere from eight to $10 through either FedEx or U S postal service. Um, sometimes the bigger items, you know, they they may cost you a little bit more, but you know, say you're getting a, a light new Carhartt jacket for $5. I'm more than willing to spend 15 bucks to ship it when the same thing in a store is over a hundred bucks. So it, it does kind of balance out and, um, Sometimes you'll find multiple deals at the same location and they'll combine shipping. So instead of five different shipments, you'll get one big box. So um, I've been pleased with the process. I've never had one lost in the mail um, once or twice. Sometimes uh, one story I've seen, they they do limit things like uh, firearms parts and things like that. But some of them occasionally slip through. I, I had a bid on 10... Uh, USGI thirty-round AR magazines, and I won the bid. And all of a sudden, my my auction did get canceled because apparently somebody emailed them and said, "Oh, these are high-capacity magazines, you know the things that we fear the most." So they ended up refunding my money and pulling that ad. But you can find so many things in sporting goods. There's holsters. There's uh, gun cases. You can find uh, compound bows, traditional bows. I've even seen a few black powder guns go through there, and BB guns, airsoft, uh, fishing reels. Any, I mean, anything you can think of that you would find at your typical big box store, you're going to probably find an example of at shopgoodwill.com.
0: Wow, that's awesome! And then the the brickseek.com. Just to go back and, and uh, touch on something there, when you find an item at your local Walmart or, you know, brick brick and mortar store, they're not shipping shipping it to you from that website. They're, that website is just letting you know that this is available at, Correct. That, at your local Walmart.
1: Exactly. You put your zip code in and it shows you the stores within, uh, you can set the radius. I set mine for about a 25 mile radius. So and it'll show you the UPC of the item that's been marked down. I've I've had a lot of instances where I've gone into a store and I see the item on the shelf and it's still marked regular price, but I can pull up the barcode. They can scan it. And more than once I've had the employee go, oh, I didn't know that was marked down. And then, you know, I, I take as, as many as I went there to purchase. You know, sometimes if it's uh, an item that I really need, I'll buy everything they've got. If it's an item that I don't really need that much, I'll buy a few and leave the rest. So... Um, but yeah, definitely go in and do your, do your research and, you know, let's face it. Sometimes in the case of Walmart, their inventory tracking system is abysmal at best. So you will find some of those bargains that, you know, you go in there all excited to find and find out they haven't had it for three months. So I, I ran into that last week. They marked some kayaks down to $54, including a paddle. And I went there to, to get a pair of them for me and my son. And the guy looked at the barcode and goes, yeah, we hadn't had those in three months. So it was a disappointment, but you know, it happens. So.
0: Wow. So that's a, that's some great deals there. I mean, just the whole episode on those two links would be uh, definitely worth it. So I'm glad you shared those things. All right. So what about not necessarily uh, maybe some, some websites and I don't want you to give away your whole book. What are some other special tips, though, on, sh- on saving money uh, on prepping that you have found throughout the years that uh, might help someone as they are um, you know, trying to get better prepared?
1: Well, sometimes uh, networking can be an invaluable resource that costs us nothing but time. If you look around your neighborhood or even your own family, there are probably skill sets that you would love to learn that Maybe you've got an uncle that is is well-versed in, or you've got a cousin that knows all about canning and and food storage prep and uh, things like that where, you know, you don't have to go out and buy a course. You can literally go spend a weekend with somebody and, and learn about gardening or learn about uh, auto repair. And just these these skills that will come in so valuable. A lot of communities, especially during the pandemic, have started doing neighborhood gardens. I know that um, a lot of folks in my community have started up their own raised beds and everything else and uh, somebody may may grow three entire raised beds of, of broccoli or peppers and it's more than they can eat so you know they're on the community Facebook page of hey anybody need broccoli or anybody need this that or the other so uh, that's when you kind of almost get into uh, a bartering system of exchanging one service for another so it's a it's, it's a concept that dates back to before the days where there was printed money or even coins hammered out of metal. So uh, mankind has always found a way to obtain what he needs through a medium of trade, be that uh, you swapping your time and labor. Like I've got an arrangement with a, uh, a local business who owns a a hunting dog training school they have a lot of ponds uh, on some property behind me well my son and I will do a little bit of uh, work over there clearing ponds and keeping the brush and everything controlled in exchange for being able to go over there and fish so I can catch fresh clean catfish and crappie and bass to eat in exchange for a couple hours work every summer so that works out well for us. So there's a lot of ways that you don't necessarily have to spend money in order to get prepared. Just uh, think of the resources that you have at hand. If you've got a public library close by, the world's at your fingertips there. So um, there's so much to be to be gleaned from resources that are very low cost or free.
0: I, I love that you said that about the, uh, the Facebook group. Now, I mean, I'm a big proponent of being careful on social media, and uh, I, I think I've shared over and over again on this podcast uh, how I don't like Facebook, and and uh, that's the whole reason why I created the whole emo group is to be able to share um, without having to go to social media. However, there are those benefits, you know, if you're if you're on uh, Facebook, um, just recently you know, during the uh, the ice storm that we had down here in Texas. I realized that there was a, uh, a community group for uh, my neighborhood. Now, there, I mean, I was always like on the Nextdoor app, but I found one on Facebook, and they were allowing – it was more of a, a, a crime and to report things and issues, stuff like that. But during the, uh, the ice storm, people were sharing information like, hey, does anybody have – you know, people were sharing, like you were saying – uh, I need this type of fitting. Does anyone have this type of fitting? And and people were like, Hey, I have some extra pipe. And, uh, people were sharing out information about, uh, phone numbers and and, and different things like that. And then off of that, there was a, a bartering, uh, beg barter and, and, uh, beg barter steel, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember the <laughs> name of it, but, um, uh, Specific for my neighborhood, you know, and so you have the next door app where you do a lot of that, and you can find free things and Craigslist and and then Facebook and then the marketplace on Facebook, and so uh, I, I love what you were talking about there. You know, some people were sharing out, hey, do we have an electrician in the neighborhood? And people shared out a phone number, and th- they were like, hey, this electrician is he's so good that he just kind of walked me through how to do this thing. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a a big scary thing, but he walked me through my issue and uh, you know, he's so, he was so helpful. Next time I have an electrical issue, I'm going to use him or I'm going to recommend him to other people. And so, you know, that's that, um, that, that building that goodwill that I think is important, but also allows you to save some money and find, I I have found great people on, uh, on, different like next door app, you know, recommendations to do work around the house and things like that uh, because of just putting it out there. So great recommendations there. And you you save a little bit of money in one area. You can save, you know, you can, you can put that towards preparedness in another area.
1: Absolutely.
0: A lot of of great advice there. Um, I noticed that one of the themes in your book seem to be the idea of uh, prepping inside of everyday life now did did I get that right or wrong if so uh, why is that important
1: oh absolutely um, preparedness you know by its own definition is a is a lifestyle um, you know a lot of people make the mistake of trying to separate the two whether they they want to avoid the stigma of being you know labeled a prepper or paranoid or you know whatever other monikers come with that but truly if uh, you know we don't try to see fitness as a separate thing from our lifestyle no we we try to build a lifestyle that incorporates fitness and so we we make it part of our routine we get up and exercise in the morning or the evenings or whatever we you know we we incorporate that into our daily lives and the concept of prepping is the same it's uh, it's not that we uh devote one or two days a month to hardcore prepping and you know every other day we don't even think about it i I think about it daily i make sure that i have my my gear with me when i get in my truck i carry a bag everywhere i go that's got essentials in it here in northwest georgia we see a lot of really bad storms during the springtime like a lot of the southeast and midwest do so i am uh you know i'm aware of what the weather forecast looks like for the next few days um I have weather radios that I that I can rely on and I know that it's programmed correctly. I know which county I live in and I know that sounds funny, but when it comes to severe weather, there's a lot of people that have no idea where where their county lies in relation to what the maps on television are saying. So it's just getting that that mindset of, you know, okay, we're we're getting low on this in the pantry. We need to make sure that we order enough that we get our two week supply built back up or uh, maybe during the holidays, you burn through a lot more food than you normally would because of friends and family coming over. We need to make sure that we replenish that. So it's just uh, it's just incorporating that whole prepper mindset as part of your daily life because um, uh, Alan Kay from Alone is a friend of mine, and he he's often quoting uh, the saying that if you get, if you stay prepared, you don't have to get prepared. It's, you don't want to be that guy that when the hurricane's coming, you're scrambling to find plywood and bottled water. And you're the guy running out of gas on the interstate as everybody's trying to leave the area. If you are already prepared, you don't have to go through that panic. And, and maybe you'll be able to help somebody who's a little less prepared than you are. So not only does it benefit you being prepared for your own family, there might be a, a family member or a neighbor or a friend who needs help and you will be provisioned enough to, to assist them in a time of need. So you just work it into your daily life and then it doesn't become such a struggle when an event does happen.
0: Good stuff. Hey, tell us a little bit about your book and, uh, you're not the only author in this one. How'd you get connected with the, with your co-author?
1: Well, I, uh, I've been fortunate enough. I've, I've been a fan of, uh, Chris Weatherman and his, uh, pen name of angry American. I've, I've read his going home series and some of his other collaborations. And, um, I'm a big nerd for the whole post-apocalyptic genre, the, the whole societal collapse and seeing how people deal with the, the adversity that comes with that. And Chris happens to be a, a close friend of Alan's and Chris was actually on alone season one, along with Alan, I had reached out to, to Alan to see if I could get in contact with Chris because I had some uh, writing questions and things like that, and I, you know who better to learn from than a a best-selling author? So he introduced us, and uh, we've become friends over the years. I've I've spent the day with him and Alan before, just uh, shooting the bull and talking about things, and uh, we've we've collaborated on a uh, on some projects in in the past that you know haven't haven't come to fruition yet, but. I just laid the groundwork for for our friendship, and I know he's somebody I can reach out to, and uh, we, we bounce ideas off one another. And uh, when I started writing this book, I thought, well, I know he's, you know, he's one of the people I look up to in, in the prepping uh, genre. So I reached out to him. He said he was more than happy to do so. So through the uh, the magic of the internet and the Zoom meeting, we we pounded out a book between the two of us. So uh, we didn't want anything that was. Uh, 500 pages long. That's hard to digest and read. We wanted a quick, concise, and to the point book that kind of, you know, spurs people on to that. You know, this isn't that difficult. It can be done. Um, it doesn't cost you a fortune to do. So, um, it took us probably five to six months from start to finish, and saw some rewrites along the way, and just some content changes, and uh, overall just. Uh, it, it has laid the groundwork for some future projects that we do have in the works too. So uh, it was a friendship that uh, that benefits both of us, and plus he's just a heck of a good guy, and I enjoy talking with him.
0: Well, with uh, some of the tips that we've already learned already on this uh, on this podcast episode, uh, definitely worth it, you know, uh, to to be able to to hang out with this book a little bit and uh, to get it and, and see what what all you have in there. Now, one one of the things I've noticed that you have are a lot of checklists at the end of the book. Uh, they cover a range of topics and uh, I think checklists are helpful, but can you share a little bit of why you think
1: checklists are valuable? Oh, absolutely. To, to me, um, lists just make sense. I, I've got that, that personality that I love to see. I love to see an outline of what I'm going to do and the, you know, this I'm going to do now and it just clicks for me. And, um, when it comes to checklists, I kind of think of it the way when sometimes when we go into a store, we, we might have all the the good intentions in the world, but we get that shiny object syndrome where, you know, we're, we're drawn to this, we're drawn to that before too long. You forgot what you went in there to begin with. And, you know, th- those of you that are dog owners, I, I've got two beagles. i let them out in the backyard to, to, to run to the restroom or whatever they're immediately distracted by anything, be it a squirrel or a rabbit or what. And so they're off in this other direction and forgot what they're there for. So to me, checklists, they keep us focused and they give a good groundwork and it's something to build off of. It is is not the end all list of things to do. It's to get you thinking about what you need. It's here's your basics. Let's get these covered. Then how do we grow off of that? So to me, I like a framework. My list may not work for everybody, but it at least is going to cover the basics to where you're not trying to remember all this on your own. When you go somewhere,
0: it it definitely is helpful for someone who is getting started and to, like you said, focus it's that framework. So uh, I appreciate that when, when I saw those lists in the back of your book, I thought that would be really helpful. Um, Like you, you put together a really great book with a lot of great information for someone who is wanting to get prepared and so it, it seems like it was uh, written just for the right time so uh, kudos to you and to uh chris on uh, on this book hey uh, as we get as we start winding down here um i'm gonna let you here in a minute tell us uh what you have coming up and how people can connect with you but i like to ask this one question um that of everybody that I interview and, uh, it's just kind of throw it, I just throw it out there in whatever, whatever comes, comes, but what is one question that you wish you were asked, but you never have been asked?
1: Hmm. I guess if I had to come up with one, it would be, um, is there such a thing as too much, you know, oftentimes when we're prepping and especially when we're trying to help, uh, people that are not, Uh, accustomed to this this way of life it's it's almost like I've said before the catch-up game but I know you and I have probably both seen examples where people have gone completely overboard with it and you know you uh, I guess a good example would be this last um, election debacle that we've had and regardless of which side of the aisle that you're on the insanity that surrounded that just engrossed people. I I know I was one of them. I was the one glued to the television watching all these developments and, you know, was he the president? Was he not? When's he going to be inaugurated and just living and breathing it. And oftentimes we parallel that in the prepping community, we get so obsessed that it's almost like we have this feeling that whatever our, uh, be it a nationwide or just be it a personal SHTF event is right on the horizon. And, Yes, there is always the possibility of something happening, but we can't live our lives so paranoid that we pour 100% of our focus and resources and efforts into putting stockpiles back and amassing weapons and ammunition and food and fuel and water at the expense of living our lives. I look at it as, to me, prepping has three parts. The first is the past. There are so many examples in our past that we can learn from to mitigate any future difficulties. Let's look at the lessons of our grandparents and great-grandparents. Then we also have the future. That's why we have retirement savings. That's why we put money back in the bank. That's why we try to fund our kids' you know, college funds when they're uh, one year old and we start saving back. It's that concept of preparing for the future but we have to balance those two with the third part which is the present. We can't forget that we have lives, we have families, we have church, we've got community. We cannot overlook that because we are so singularly focused on whatever aspect of prepping that we're working on at the moment. It is truly a a uh, think of it as a bar stool that's got three legs. You can't have two that you, you know, are perfectly in place and a third that's missing, the stool is going to fall. So you've got to have all three of those legs in place to make a balance. And, you know, it, like any, any relationship can be damaged by one person not paying attention to the other. If you're ignoring your wife and kids because you're worried about going to another training class or worried about obtaining some new piece of prepping gear, you're overlooking why you're preparing in the first place. So it uh sometimes and I'm guilty of it myself, I need to step back and take a look at everything and say, okay, here's where I am. You know, I need to focus some more efforts on my family. So it's a balance like anything in life and we just can't let it consume us to the degree that we forget everything else around us.
0: Very well said. Very well said. So do you have anything coming up? that we can be looking forward to.
1: I've actually got a, a couple of things in the pipeline. I'm uh, winding up a, a first aid book with a good friend of mine um, out of South Carolina. He, he's been an EMT and a, uh, uh, was in the Marine Corps and was a first responder. So we're putting together a book of kind of the first aid skills that everybody should know and kind of the resources to go along with that. I do have a book on uh, situational awareness in the workplace and at home that I'm going to be putting out. It'll be uh, kind of a guide to just mindset in general. Um, I also have a, a project I'm working on. It's a, uh, a biblical approach to prepping. And I think that's one thing that uh, those of us in the Christian community, we do see a little bit of a divide. There are some that that see that prepping is an indication of lack of faith. And there's others that like myself, I see it as an extension of my faith and the book's going to have several biblical examples of uh, preparedness and some verses that talk about the prudence of being prepared. And I am looking at another book uh, with Dr. Nicola Pillian that some people will remember from alone. She and I have our, uh, outdoor preparation book that we wrote together a few years ago and we're looking to uh, collaborate on a book about the importance of uh, incorporating uh, the outdoors in a child's upbringing and the correlation between nature and development and uh, it's going to be a really interesting project I think it's going to open a lot of people's eyes as to how important spending time in the outdoors is especially during that developmental phase for, uh, for a child.
0: Wow. This a, you've got a lot of projects on, on the books, yeah. man, things uh, coming out and um, they sound very interesting. So we look forward to it. Um, you Not only this book, but uh, that we talked about here today, but uh, all the other books that you have written,
1: where can people connect with you online and and where can they purchase your books? Um, I'm, like everybody else, I'm available on Amazon. I have an author page, just look up Sean Clay and you'll see several of my works on there my my whole catalog I've got a few uh, short stories available in Kindle form I, I don't just do preparedness I've wrote a few uh, few zombie stories and all that I'm I'm a, a zombie movie and TV show nerd as well so um, my my zombie apocalypse survival guide is available on there and it's a uh, just kind of a, a little side note it's available at the official uh, Walking dead store down in sonoya georgia where the the series is filmed so i've I've been able to give several of the actors uh, copies of my books so that was kind of a cool thing for me but and every one of my works is uh family friendly even the even the fiction I've left a lot of the uh the profanity all that kind of stuff I've left that out of any kind of fiction works that's that's one thing I've always told myself is whatever I write be it uh truth or fiction, it's going to be something that even my young kids could read. So I've always wanted to, uh, to make sure I incorporated my beliefs as part of that. So, uh, but yeah, Amazon, uh, anybody that wants to reach out to me, I'm Sean Clay on Facebook, uh, shoot me a, a private message or, uh, communicate with me that way. I'm always happy to, to talk to uh, seasoned or new preppers and, uh, I'll be the first to say that I'm constantly learning from others that just because I write about this topic does not mean I'm in any way, uh, a total incomplete expert. I I'm learning every single day. So, um, I'm more than happy to, uh, to have a conversation and strike up a friendship with anybody else that's wanting to start this journey or just learn some tips along the way. It's a, it's a communal effort. So we all need to be able to depend on each other.
0: That's good, man. I'm I'm glad, again, that you said that. Uh, We're in alignment in a lot of different things here that you've said today. So uh, I'm glad that you've shared that. Um, I'm not an expert as well. We're all learning. And that's why I always refer to the preparedness community. Um, We're uh, we're a community where we get to share and, and help each other out. A lot of good stuff. So for those that are listening, I'm going to be linking to Sean's author page on uh, on the website and also, uh, in the show notes. And I can't, um, uh, link to specific articles or whatever, but I can link to the author page. And then I can also link to, uh, Facebook if you're okay with that. And that way anybody can connect with you that way. And Absolutely. We'll, we'll do that. Sean, thanks so much for, uh, coming on to the podcast and sharing your, your uh, great information. We've learned a lot of good things. Um, I got to go check out some of the websites that you've mentioned here before. And uh, just, uh, I appreciate what you're doing for the preparedness community.
1: No problem, Todd. I appreciate the opportunity. And like I said, we'll, we'll all grow and learn with one another.
0: All right, man. Yeah. Amen on that. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. Have a good one. All right. Thanks again, Sean, for coming on to the uh, podcast and sharing your information with us. We greatly appreciate it. I hope, uh, guys, you hope you learned something from this interview. I, I know that you did. Ways to save money, ways to improve your preparedness, and just the overall uh, understanding and knowledge of being prepared and, and realizing that you don't need to get there all Uh, you know, all at one time, right? It is a process. It is a lifestyle. And Sean talks about that. And uh, that's something that I've talked about before as well. It's a lifestyle. And hopefully we can make it uh, that, you know, within our lives and uh, change the way that we live and uh, be better prepared. Hey, uh, I'm going to link to Sean's Amazon page, his author page. And I'm also going to directly link to when uh, prudence meets preparedness. Now I got to tell you, his books are not very expensive. So this new book is only three dollars. It's two ninety nine on Kindle, and so that's very much worth the checklist that you're going to get, and then the resources, the list of resources that uh, that you're going to to hear about or to read about. Kind of like you know the Goodwill link that we talked about. And I got to tell you. I've already been on Shop Goodwill, and I'm looking at a couple of items, and you can't get those. Uh, hopefully, uh, I'm going to get those before this uh, episode comes out. Maybe I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, they'll be uh, they'll be coming due here uh, probably this this week sometime but uh, there's some really great deals there. So uh, you can check it out. You can actually spend a lot of time. You got to be careful. Spend a lot of time looking at uh, things that are there and deals that are, that are out there. So uh, anyway, there's a lot of great information here. And I hope you click over to his Amazon page and purchase a couple of his books. Uh, I think you'll be blessed by it. Well, everyone, that's it for episode 685. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app or you can head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and link to all the different networks there. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to prepperwebsite.com where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self-reliant articles out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.